Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here once again to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 195, the July of 1985 issue on sale April 9th of 1985. The cover price of 65 cents. This one is titled, It Was a Dark and Stormy Night. In the X-Men Epic Collection, The Gift, volume number 12, uh, we get a little thing at the top of this particular cover that says, In Power Pack number 12, the young heroes were captured by several Morlocks who wanted to replace fellow Morlock Annalise murdered children. Shadowcat and Nightcrawler, who were visiting the Morlock tunnels at the time, intervened and freed Power Pack. Now, I wish that instead of including that blurb, they would have put the whole issue in here. I think you have to buy Epic Collection Power Pack to get that issue. I, I, I think it's a marketing strategy. Seriously? Yeah. You really think that there's going to be an Epic Collection Power Pack? Yes. Wow. I think uh, there there might only be one volume. Okay. But I'm, I, I believe there will be. Okay. Uh, this is uh, – I like this cover. It doesn't really fit in the uh, context of the episodes or the issue so much, but I like the cover. No, it sort of fits. I mean, a little bit. You got mean old Wolverine smoking his cigar or cigarette, I guess. He's got his claws drawn, and he's got little Katie Power in his arms, and he's getting ready to stab her while the rest of Power Pack comes zipping in from the background. Well, I don't think he's going to stab her. Which certainly looks like he's threatening this little girl. I think he's threatening her. I don't know why he has claws out. Shame on you, Wolverine. <laughs> Is that a cigarello? <laughs> yes, it's it's a cigarello. It's it's one of those vanilla-flavored cigarellos. <laughs> I like my cigarellos and vanilla-flavored. <laughs> See? Scoot. <laughs> Scoot, little girl. So uh yeah last so last week uh I was talking about how I felt that power pack number 12 was maybe not quite um necessary okay because spoilers sort of spoilers this story is essentially the same story as power pack number 12 Mm, there's I, there's differences, but it's. I know what you're saying, but I think it's different enough that this is just part two. Understood. I, I, I feel like these two stories are you can't separate them. I, they are uh, they are uh, well, you can separate them. Obviously, and I, you probably never read Power Pack number twelve. See, and I that's why I totally disagree with what you say. the The issue does make references to Power Pack number twelve, but having no internet or no way to look up power pack number 12 or this. And I was reading this issue, 195. You said this was a 1985 issue? Yeah. I probably obtained this issue in 1987, 1988. So I had no idea about release schedules or anything like that. So when it said uh, power pack number 12, or it says power pack met the Morlocks in power pack number 12, I thought like, oh, okay, that must have been, you know, months ago or a long time ago, Power Pack met Morlocks. I didn't realize it was like last night <laughs> these <laughs> kids met the Morlocks. And so we'll go through the issue. But but to me, without reading Power Pack number 12, this issue kind of reads like a mystery. Like you don't know what's happening. The kids don't know what's happening. Um, and I feel like if you read Power Pack number 12, you're like, well, I know exactly what's happening. Mm. I did read Power Pack number 12, and I still felt that air of mystery. Like, And, and we'll talk about it as we get into it. I guess, I guess my feeling is Power Pack number 12 works well on its own. If you don't read X-Men 195, X-Men 195 works well on its own. 
if you don't read Power Pack, but the two of them, when you put them together, I don't consider it to be two different stories. I consider it to just be one long story. Sure. And I'm not complaining. I did enjoy Power Pack number 12 as a standalone story. And one could look at the end of that issue where I think it is it Anna Lee that's sitting outside saying my pretties. Uh, that that's just like a cliffhanger that never gets resolved, at least never gets resolved in the issues of Power Pack. Um, so you could read that standalone because there is a beginning, middle, and an end. And then you can read this on its own because it's a beginning, middle, and end. And you're right. I mean, together the two work, but it just kind of uh, shatters my illusions of my childhood where I read this <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, this is what an awesome idea. It's but, still an awesome idea, though. It is. It is. But I don't know. I liked it the way it was in my mind where there was no supplemental material and it just starts where it starts. It is kind of neat, although you really don't know who these characters are. But I guess I guess you're right. That doesn't really matter. So let's just uh, rather than telling everybody what we think about it, let's let's read this thing and talk about it. Um, It is it's written by Chris Claremont, John Romita Jr. and Dan Green, in my opinion, coming into their own. I mean, obviously, they've been doing excellent work up until now. But I feel like the faces and the X-Men really pop in this issue. John Romita Jr. is starting to annoy me. Really? Not He doesn't annoy me yet, but he's getting to that phase of his career where I don't like his faces and I don't like his figures. He's not there yet, but I'm seeing, I'm starting to see it. I wonder then if this... If this could be considered like the apex then, because I, I really, re- there's some shots of uh, Kitty and Rogue where I'm like, really impressive, sharp looking faces. There there are some really good stuff in here. I will agree with you. Okay. And uh, Tom Orzakowski's lettering, Glynis Oliver is the colorist and Nascenti's editing. And Jaime Choutier is the editor in chief. Doesn't he writing Secret Wars 2 now? He is not paying attention to anything other than Secret Wars 2 right now. <laughs> so, and Ascentes are running the show. It is, in fact, called It's a Dark and Stormy Night. And as we left Power Pack number 12, we enter X-Men number 195 with a thunderstorm. The one thing I don't understand is why does this open with Once Upon a Time in that little uh, strip of tape up at the top, and then you never see any element of that again? Uh, I don't know. I think it's supposed to create it these are kids right the power packer kids so uh trying to create a fairy tale like atmosphere which i i would like if they continued it but it gets completely dropped yeah making it completely pointless well look jime was working on secret wars too <laughs> so he didn't have a chance to come back and be like hey hey you're gonna put that old timey script in there you got to do it more so yep, we see uh, we see the sky lightning, and then we see the the road uh, as we pan out from the storm and into an apartment bedroom where two adults are sleeping with four children, all kind of sprawled around in a bed, and then in a full page spread we get a loud badoom. No, a baboom. We are introduced to these kids as Power Pack, so we assume that these are Power Pack's parents. Um, Would it be interesting if you talked about the issue as though you hadn't read Power Pack number 12, and I talk about it as though I have. We could certainly try that, but I've Does read... Does that make sense? <laughs> I've read Power... Sure, we'll we'll try it. I've read Power Pack 12, but I'll try to forget that. Try to delve into your childhood self. Okay, all right. So you don't know who these kids are, Not... but I do. 
So, it, it, okay, but in my childhood self, I'm aware that there is a comic book called Power Pack. And I'm aware. Yeah, because you, you probably saw the same ads that I saw where Spider-Man and the Power Pack are like, don't let parents, or not parents, don't let adults molest you, kids. Right. Uh, and I also think I saw the issues in the comic book rack. So I'm aware that there's a, a kid group called the Power Pack. That's all I know. And I see these kids and I'm like... Uh, yeah. Power packs in this issue. Whoa. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Are they going to become new mutants? I have no idea. So they all wake up and they're like, uh, oh my gosh, mom, dad, what's going on? Relax, children. It's only thunder. Mr. Pack says. Easy for you to say, dad, says one of the children. I think that's Jack Pack. Uh, okay. So it's Jack and what's the boy's name? Alex? Alex. Okay. So Jack and Alex are the boys and then the younger daughter is katie and the older daughter is julie correct okay but i don't know that because i've never read a power pack issue well you 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 don't know which which are which but you have been told their names right so there's a little bit of it's, it's like three in the morning everybody's a little bit startled groggy trying to wake up mr mr pack there uh he's trying to calm everybody down but eventually Mom says, there, there, little one, don't cry. And that's when she turns to her husband and says, uh, Jim. Yeah. Who who are you children? What are you doing here? How did you get into our apartment? And Power Pack simultaneously says, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. That's <laughs> when Jim Pack is like, you kids are super weird. Get out of my house. <laughs> and the kids are all like, what? We live here. Don't, stop fooling around. You're scaring Katie. This isn't funny. And the the adults there, they're like, no, I, we, we would love to have children, but you are not our children. We, we, we don't mean to frighten you, uh, but we're just not your parents. And kids are like, we'll show you. Come follow us. So they run down the hallway and all of the bedrooms are empty. Julie goes out into the kitchen and there's all of their cereal and bowls and glasses and everything's gone. And Alex pipes up into his, his mind. And he's like, oh, man, my Disney mug's not here. I thought that was my parents' way of telling me that I was their favorite. Because he's the oldest. Because I'm the oldest and I got the mug. And the kids are like, I don't The kids don't understand what's going on. The parents don't understand what's going on. But they do know one thing. They got to call the police. Yeah, they're talking to themselves separately and they're, they they feel really terrible about the whole thing. But they, they really don't know who these kids are. And yeah, Mrs., Mrs. Powers says, um, they're such dears. I, I sure wish they were our children. But as Mr. Powers says, they're not. So I feel like... Um, with everything that's happening, their names are not Jim and Ma- Margaret Power. Their names right now are Jim and Margaret Pack. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Because <laughs> I like to say Mr. Pack and Mrs. Pack. I'm not going to stop you. Don't, <laughs> oh. don't, don't feel like, uh, you know, a little insecure or anything. All it's right, cool. Right. You, you do what you got to do, man. All right. So the kids over here, the, their uh, parents or the people that are now claiming not to be their parents talking about calling the police and they're like well we got to go so uh jack i think it's jack fogs up and they leave under that cover the kids are gone they ducked out the back door call the precinct margaret i'll go after them and the kids have run downstairs into the basement where the landlord mr ortiz is and they they're banging on his door and it's like our parents don't remember us but mr ortiz might and unfortunately Mr. Ortiz also does not remember them. He's got no idea who these people are, but he's like, why don't you come in? 
Uh, I'll, uh, then he's talking about he'll he'll call child services. I guess maybe not here. Somewhere he does. Yeah, they say you recognize this, right? You're where the power is, and he says, "No, you ain't. They're 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 they ain't got no children." Yeah, Mister and, and Mrs. Pack, they don't have any children. Why don't you guys all? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you guys all come inside? And then they all go run for it. So they duck around the corner. Alex has given out some orders about Katie disintegrating some stuff so that she can make an energy ball to blow through the back wall, destroying a lot of stuff as they as they make their escape here. But yeah, well, <laughs> scary times. So that's when uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pack and uh, Mr. Ortiz meet up and they talk about the police and child services and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then move on to the police. The police show up and they, they start searching through alleyways, but the children are hiding behind trash cans and they're not able to spot them. And the kids are cold and miserable and scared. There's a lot of references to uh, old power pack issues, right? So there's there's something about a magic coin that a tooth fairy gave to them uh, that I think Julie would or, or uh, Katie would like. That's in Power Pack number four. And the only reason I bring that up is because that's where when they talked about Power Pack number 14, at this point, I assume that they were on like Power Pack 25 and it was uh-huh. just leaping to conclusions. But anyways, yeah, so the kids are all freezing and they're talking about how they want their moms and Jack and Alex are like, oh, girls are pretty scared, aren't they? Hey, are you crying? Alex says, so sue me. And that's when they see the police flashlight coming around their way and they're talking about how cold they are and they're soaked. And that's when they remember, Katie does anyways, that their costumes will keep them warm and dry. Of course, how dumb can a person get? And they put on their costumes and I guess their costumes are from an alien ship. Um, their, <laughs> their ship's name is Friday yep. and their costumes are Chimelian. Right. Uh, and that's all I needed to know. Again, I have never read an issue of Power Pack. So I know that these kids were granted some powers from an alien, chameleon. Apparently, when they say costumes on, their costumes uh, appear on their bodies. However, the part that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, there's all this magic going on. Yet Katie's like, oh, gosh, I washed our outfits after our adventures with the Morlocks. Asterix, see Power Pack 11 and 12. I don't know what those are. Those could have been two <laughs> years ago. Uh, do you think I broke in? The built-in radios? So why do their magic costumes need to be washed? And, I mean, do they say costumes on to get them and then take them off to wash them? How does that whole (laughs) thing work? And then why do they have electronic radios in their magically (laughs) appearing costumes? These are are questions I can't even answer from reading Power Pack number 12. Now, Now, I feel like the first couple of pages, like, this is a cool little mystery, like you said. Like, it's, it's, it's a cool concept kids wake up their parents don't remember them they happen to be superheroes i don't think it matters if you've read power pack number 12 or not i didn't realize what was going on until this next panel oh sure of course not maybe you did and maybe you're a little more on the ball than i am but i just thought it was a cool little sci-fi concept i was like what's going on no so since i had read this issue and i guess i guess i haven't said this yet you know just like i said with last issue with 194 this is one of my favorite issues i'm going to be saying that a lot over the next probably 40 (laughs) or 50 issues but again one of my favorite issues so i've read this issue many 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 times as a kid so as soon as i saw annalee popping her head out thought power pack issue to say you know sleep tight little dearies soon you'll be mine i was like oh i know what she's talking about so for me having read this issue a whole bunch i knew what was happening immediately okay but 
there you go. So anyways, yeah, so the power pack, um, they they start putting things together and they're like, hey, wait a minute. We just met a Morlock named Beautiful Dreamer whose power is to mess with people's minds. And she's friends with that creepy old lady, Anna Lee, who wanted us to live with her as her own kids. Wait a minute. Yeah, they never do refer to when that happened. They just say, they, I mean, it must have happened soon or recently. Well, it says earlier, gosh, I washed my outfits after our adventures with the Morlocks. See issues 11 and 12. Now, when you read that with our adventures with the Morlocks, you're like, okay, we had an adventure with the Morlocks. Like we had to solve a crime with the Mar- Morlocks. We're friends with the Morlocks. But you're right. <laughs> there's no reference to see last issue when they were kidnapped. <laughs> Just like right. they're about to be kidnapped. Spoilers. Well, he says we just met a Morlock named Beautiful Dreamer. So just yeah, but just been a couple days ago. <sighs> I mean, it, it definitely doesn't mean like weeks ago. Just in the Marvel universe, could could that that's such a <laughs> tangible term. <laughs> Anyways, um, intangible, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. So they, they head off to the sewers. They talk a little bit about uh, the X-Men and Callisto uh, said that they were to leave the Power Kids alone. And is that what happened at the end of Power Pack 12? I thought Nightcrawler wasn't going to tell Callisto. Uh, yeah, Nightcrawler decided not to tell Callisto at the uh, request of Kitty. Nightcrawler sent a letter to Storm. Right. So the communication between Anne Nascenti and Chris Claremont, not 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Which is funny because Innocenti's editing this. Right. So, a little weird here. Uh, so, whatever. They head out down to the Morlock tunnels uh, because they, uh, I don't know, they can't find uh, what? They they put themselves into the Marvel Universe very concretely by saying, besides, how can we call the X-Men or our other pals Spider-Man and Cloak and Dagger when we don't know where any of them live? So there you go, Adam. Your Spider-Man reference, which you didn't get last issue with the Juggernaut, is right here. Well, we did get this much of a Spider-Man reference. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We, in fact, we got more of a Spider-Man reference in the last issue than this one. I wanted Spider-Man, not oh, a reference. Sorry. So the kids, they head down into the sewers, and immediately the Morlocks get the drop on them. Speaking of Spider-Man, did you watch the Spider-Man teaser trailer for Homecoming today? I did not. Was it good? It was very short. Oh, um, we get some, we get some costume updates. So fans listening to this at a future date, uh, now, you know, when we, when we, when we're recording this, right. Concretely securing the date in which we recorded this. Assuming, you know, when the teaser trailer came out, if that's what it even is, it was more like a scene. I haven't watched Rogue One yet because it hasn't come out. Okay. <laughs> well, into, into main theaters, I believe it is out for like secret screenings and stuff like that or premieres and whatnot okay i'm not cool enough to be in secret screenings so well you probably are but you know you're just not using any of the cool websites <laughs> gofobo.com no no i want to see it with the rest of the riffraff <laughs> the dregs of society that's right in fact i have tickets for two showings already i'm going to see it with my coworkers next friday and then i'm going to see it with my daughter the following friday does it come out next friday mm, the 16th or something wow i'm yeah. not aware of that yeah like 10 days from now so there everybody you know exactly when we're recording this and expect to hear us talking more about probably rogue one and spider-man as they are released because that's what we do sometimes sometimes anyways the morlocks like i was saying got the drop on the power kids you got mask uh, tar baby erg and uh, ape now, 
Erg, was Erg in the Power Pack 12? Totally, because he even says, silly little girl, have you forgotten that your power balls are useless against Erg? I'll simply soak up their energy like a sponge. Oh, but Mask wasn't. Mask came in at the end. Right. He was not part of the original uh, uh, kidnapping party, but he came in to alter their faces like a panel or so before Nightcrawler freed everybody. Right. Something like that. But here he's just right in there. He's like, hey, I'm, I like what you guys, I like the cut of your jib. I'm going to join you. Yeah. You guys are the bad Morlocks. I want to be a bad Morlock. Does Ape use any of his cool powers in this episode? I don't think he does. I don't think so. He's just strong in this So issue. you, as a only X-Men reader, would just think that Ape was an ape-like uh being who doesn't have any real special powers except for massiveness and strength. Correct, uh, to a degree, uh, because I've, again, reading this issue from 1985, probably in about the 87, 88 time frame, had seen Ape other places doing stupid things with his power. But I like that Chris Claremont stared away from that in this issue and just made him a strong, ugly dude. Makes it more realistic. Inconsistent, I say. Well, yes, because I guess Power Pack 12 did come first, but... Anyhow, Katie uh, gets the drop on Mask by stomping on his feet. And he reaches out and manages to touch her face, which looks like it stretches uh, a little bit of her face. And as we know, her power, his power is kind of uh, manipulate faces. So, so I have a bad feeling about this. But she says, ha, you missed me. Do you think Mask's power is only uh, applicable to faces? Or do you think he can, like, manipulate all flesh? We uh, uh, we should keep track of that. You know, because, like, he could make a killing by, like, fixing... Well, I think that's his curse. Like, he can't fix up... He can't, like, manipulate his own flesh, but he can do other people's flesh. That's why he wants to make everybody ugly, so they feel his own pain. But I think he's thinking about it all wrong. Like, if he can truly manipulate all flesh, he could start himself, like, a male enhancement clinic and make a fortune. <laughs> well, even if he didn't want to do, like... Like, he could do, like, a celebrity uh, chin-tucking... Absolutely. Tummy tucks, everything. Yeah. So Katie, she's uh, she's running out. She's like, I I gotta I gotta get out of here and I gotta find a policeman and bring him back. But then what am I gonna do? Uh tell him that my brothers and sisters have been caught by a mutant gang that live in the uh some creepy tunnels. Oh man. Why does my face feel so funny? What's that bright light and that awful noise? Apparently she's never been in the subway because that bright light and that awful noise is a subway train. She does say a little earlier that she was never allowed to go into the subway, or her parents said that she couldn't go to the subway alone. So, And she's the youngest of the of the power kids. She's been in the subway in 11 and 12. That's true. Or I guess the sewers are not necessarily the subway. Right. But being in the sewers, I would imagine at some point she would have heard the subway. Yeah. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. So the train passes by. It scares the heck out of her. She's, she wants her mom. She wants to go home. She wishes... Uh, that she would, I guess, I don't know. She just wants everything to be taken back. She, she wishes just they wouldn't have met Whitey, who I guess is the alien that gave them the powers. Right. She's she's uh, she's at one of those stages of grief where she's begging or pleading or whatever that's called. She's panicking. Yeah. And that's when a cop comes up and she's like, oh, it's a kid. Hey, little girl. How the blazes did she get in here? This is the, the Stan Lee cameo, if this were a movie. <laughs> And uh, Katie flips around and says, get away, and blasts him with a power ball. She's scared. Yep. Doesn't hurt him, though. He's like, whoa, what the heck was that? And she 
fortunately wasn't very powered up, so like she didn't kill him or anything. So we're we're like five, six, seven pages into this issue and we don't have a single x-men until this page which is another thing that i kind of appreciate about this story you got this whole start here's here's the problem and now we get to the middle of like how are we going to solve this problem agreed i like it so it's at the mansion uh kitty she's downstairs eating some cereal uh talking about how little sleep she's getting seems to be a running theme along the x-men about how little sleep yeah they're they get. listening to the news and staying up late <laughs> and uh, she's talking about uh, some classes she's got, danger room sessions, and that's when news report comes up about a five-year-old girl that was found hurling balls of explosive lightning. Which, who is Dr. Power? She has She's studying all night for a midterm. She has a research paper to type this morning for Dr. Power's physics seminar. Mm. Who is Dr. Power? It's got to be Jim, right? No. Is it Professor Power? No. <laughs> Those are the only two options that I can think of, though. There's no other power people out there. I don't know what Jim's profession is, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's this teacher. That's a coincidence. Uh, she also says she has a danger room session with Wolverine learning how to phase more than one person. Yuck. Foreshadowing. Indeed. Although she's phased multiple people in the past. She has, but it's always been with a comment about how I don't usually do this. Right. So this is obviously a session in which uh, she's going to refine that ability. But This uh, issue is kind of, for me, this was the turning point of the Kitty Pride character. It's kind of like where Chris Claremont has been meaning to get to this for a long time since Wolverine and Kitty Pride, And here he's finally turning the gears to Kitty's not a kid anymore. Absolutely. So that's when she deduces that the explosive lightning balls are focused plasma cells. Police were able to subdue the fantastically costumed child, but only after... One officer suffered minor injuries, so the, the police were able to grab uh, Katie. Yep, she uh, suggested that she is a mutant born with extraordinary powers, which might uh, make her a member of the outlaw team known as the X-Men. She's not old enough to be one of us, you dope. Wait. She says to the TV. I know that costume. It's Katie Power, but her face so horribly changed. That's mask style. Of all the dirty, rotten tricks. I better wake the others. Those lousy Morlocks broke their word. Um, she is a she is a master deducer. Yeah, she's focused plasma cells, masks work, and Katie Power. Like she's on the ball, and Wolverine's going to recognize that in just a few uh, panels. So the X Men. I mean, we we're not skipping a beat here. We're not showing you know Katie running up to the X Men, explaining the situation in a debate as to whether they should go or not. Boom, we're in the hospital. Well, Chris Claremont realized he he used up a lot of you know well used pages to get to the PowerPoint story, uh, power pack story. Now he's got to move. He's got to move quickly to wrap this up. And I like it. I I like no, that. It's it's well paced. Skip that crap. We don't care how they got to the hospital, but they're in the hospital. And so. The uh, the doctors are outside. Yeah, they're just talking about how ugly she is. They're going to call Reed Richards. He'll be here soon. Kitty phases through the floor, and uh, I is this the? I I feel like this is the first time we're seeing Kitty with what will become her like her her costume for quite some time. Like she's had. Mm -hmm. Very similar uh, uh, incarnations of this costume, but I, I believe this is the first time it's all put completely together. This is the first official Shadow Cat costume. Yeah, because the other ones, uh, she had like a big long coat. She didn't have the belt. She didn't have like the tights on. 
So yeah, John Romita Jr. sat down. I was like, look, Chris, done. Chris was like, yeah, good. Go with it. <laughs> so uh, Kitty grabs onto Katie and phases both of them through the floor, all uh, what she was going to practice with Wolverine. Which maybe is a little easier because Katie's little. Yep. And uh, she, she didn't bring everybody. Uh, Nightcrawler's on a different mission and Colossus, well... He sucks. So it's just Rogue, <laughs> Rachel, Kitty, and Wolverine. What mission is Nightcrawler on? I've seen Nightcrawler miniseries for details. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. He's just on another mission. I mean, next issue, we find him elsewhere, but it's not really on a mission. Is he oh, elsewhere we'll, next issue? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Or is that two issues from now? Well, he he's back in the next issue, and he's still not with the X-Men. We'll put it that way. Okay. But he's not on a mission is my point. All right. <clears throat> I don't remember the next issue. Anyways, yeah, so uh, they, they all get, get together, and uh, Katie kind of gives them the lowdown uh, about what's going on, and uh, Kitty's like, okay, everything's going to be just fine. You got my word. Uh, Wolverine says, coast is clear outside, cat. And she says, thanks, Wolverine. And Kitty sa uh, Katie says, Kitty, I don't like him. He's scary. Rachel says, he sure is, but there's no one better to have on your side. And then she says, uh, do you know what a telepath is? If, you, if I can have your permission, I'd like to read your mind. That way I can tell exactly what happened uh, and we don't have to waste any panels. I mean, we, you don't have to tell me the story in which you might lose some details. And Katie's like, okay, fine. So the X-Men get to see uh, what happened. Uh, Rachel also says if there's any secrets, uh, they will keep them. And uh, we also, uh, Kate, we, we've, uh, we haven't really talked about Katie's face. It is slightly manipulated. Um, it's not that bad. I don't know. Is I mean, she, she, does, she doesn't look like she's supposed to, but she's not. Maybe if, maybe if this were real life, it'd be gross. She kind of looks like Yoda. <laughs> she does kind of look like Yoda. She's got like a little pig nose, big eyes, uh, sunken down mouth. Uh, fat chin. I'm sorry, fat cheeks, and some moles. I think not terrible, but but different. So the X-Men see all of Katie's thoughts, and uh, they understand what's going on. Rachel's not met the Morlocks, I guess, so she's like, nice people, these Morlocks, real trustworthy souls. Callisto is says Wolverine, because apparently he has had conversations with Callisto. <laughs> he calls her on the phone from time to time. Hey, Callisto, you still trustworthy? <laughs> Yes, Wolverine, I am. Okay, got to go. <laughs> got to scoot. Uh, okay, and so Kay, uh, Kitty says, um, Oh, I swear, if it wasn't for Katie, I'd be saying things that would make Wolvie blush. I've never been so angry. Is this the first kind of period where they're really, really laying on the Wolvie nickname? Oh, yeah, I think so. Because I... And I don't know if it's been used before, but it's dropped at least four or five times in this issue. Only certain people say it, though. Like, like uh, Rachel says it. Well, no, everybody here says it, I guess. Yeah. Because I think Rogue and Kitty are the only mainstays of the Wolvie. Yeah. I don't think Colossus has ever called him Wolvie. <laughs> Wolvie. Wolvie. <laughs> Cyclops, I don't think, has uh, done that. I could see Nightcrawler doing it. Hey, Wolvie. I could see that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kitty gives Katie an honorary X-Man jacket, um, which I guess she's... Oh, this is the story of how Katie gets her jacket. Katie... Just like in Wolverine Origins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nobody else has one. Uh, it's the one of a kind. And uh, Katie thinks that this is pretty cool, so she puts it on. Wolverine hears the alarm, so they gotta go. And now Kitty's got to phase all of the X-Men through the floor. And Wolverine says, won't take a systematic search long to reach this place, boss. Time to vamoose. 
since when am I boss? And everybody seems to agree. Rachel says, Nightcrawler isn't with us. You're best qualified. And Kitty says, says who? And Rogue says, natural selection. And then we get an interesting little bit of dialogue where she says, don't touch my face, okay, Katie? My power would put you to sleep, and we don't want to do that. And Katie says, no, I'll be careful. And, and this is when we get, I think Chris Claremont is trying to explain to the user, uh, the listen, uh, the users. <laughs> I work in computers. <laughs> um, explain to the readers what Rogue's power is, but also uh, to do it in kind of a wolfy sort of way. What Rogue really means is that she temporarily absorbed the kid's psyche and abilities but telling Katie that scare her stiff, good rogue. Uh, so rogue move, uh, fibbed, good move, girl. So, you know, it's kind of character developing of like rogue and Wolverine and it clues you in. It's it's, it's good. It's yeah. a little weird, but good. It's um, every comic is some kid's first comic. You got the talent, Shadow Cat. Today you start racking up some experience. So eventually they make their way down to the Morlock Tunnels. Uh, Rachel is completely ineffective because there's too many side screens around. Her telepathic talents are virtually useless. Katie talks about how she hates this. It's slimy and gross. I wish I'd never seen Whitey or Friday. Wish there'd never been any superpowers. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this isn't fun. Uh, I thought I thought having we'd have adventures like Luke Skywalker, but this isn't fun like that. That's when Wolverine says, neither were hers. Neither were his, really. On the other hand, if not for those powers, we'd all be history. If you hadn't stopped your dad's machine from being tested, it would have destroyed the Earth. I I like how Wolverine is, uh, like, I don't know, identifying with Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Well, he's telling us that he's watched at least one of the Star Wars films. Uh, Yeah, I uh, I think that's been referenced before. Oh, okay. Or maybe he just hated them. They weren't neat. They were stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The hardest part about growing up, Katie, is understanding, accepting that uh, every action is a mix of both good and bad, and it ain't nice sometimes, and that's the way of things. Wow. Harsh lesson. Katie says, how did you know? I never. Rachel, you told them. You promised. She said, we'd keep your secrets, Katie Power, and we will. So that implies that she wasn't aware that Rachel was tapping all of the X-Men into the mind search. Correct. Or Katie misunderstood. Um, but one thing to note here is that when we get a little bit of a backstory on Power Pack's origin, apparently they saved the world from their dad's machine. Perhaps it was a, a physics machine for Kitty's physics term paper. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not all connected, but it stands to reason that uh, Jim, Jim Power Pack... All right. Could be a teacher of some kind and an inventor. Fair enough. Um, It's a good thing that uh, Katie got mad about Wolverine saying this because I was like, how the heck does Wolverine know this stuff? Right. If we didn't get this bit of dialogue, you'd be like, okay, did this hit the paper or something? Like, does everybody know this information or or what? Um, By the way, my friends call me Logan. Nobody called Oops, the boss is back. Nobody nobody knows my last name, though, because I don't tell them. It's Logan. Logan, Logan. You see that woman over there with a the stripe in her hair? Her name's Rogue. She won't even tell anybody her first name. That's how we like to play it. Her credit card says Rogue on it. <laughs> Sorry. I just have a problem with a lot of these uh, uh, hidden names. Like, how do these people function in the world if they never tell anybody their first name or last name? Do we? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. The re- I, the readers don't know the names. It's It's possible that there's a full roster of full names 
back at the mansion with everybody's first name, middle name, last name, social security number. And- it's fair to say that the writers don't know the, the names at this point either. Sure. And I, I wonder if when Chris Claremont finally does introduce Rogue's name, he's like, oh, man, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> <laughs> kind of stupid that she hasn't had a first name for the last 15 years. But here, go with this. Anyways, yeah, so uh, Kitty has found something. So she faces everybody into a sewer bedroom, and they're like, look, uh, here it is. And that's Kate. Katie says, my room, my bed, my things. So this is the power pack bedroom recreated from the apartment where they were before. Yep. You there, X-Men. Well, I guess it'd be, you there, X-Men, says Annalie. What are you doing in my children's room? No more games, Annalie. No more lies. We've come for the power kids. They're right in front of us, Cat. Mask may have changed their faces, but she can't disguise... Wait, what? But she can't disguise their unique scent? Is Mask a girl? Oh, yeah. Guess so. I don't... <laughs> I mean... I, th- I think we've had this conversation before. Have we? Who's, who's the other one? Mask and then the, there's the other one that also is a girl? Uh, There's another Morlock who kind of is like Mask. What? Ah, I can't remember. Changes faces? No, it doesn't. It has, it has a different power set, but it looks kind of the same. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. I always assume Mask was a dude. Unless this is a like a typo. It could be a typo. Well, like, it's another thing we'll have to pay attention to. I guess it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, because Mask is, made, you know, he's, he's, he's either an ugly dude or she's either an ugly woman. But either way, uh, Mask is mad at the world for, for what it how it created he or she. Hmm. Interesting. My mind is a little bit blown here, but either way, <laughs> Mask's story still works, male or female. So let's carry on. I'm almost wondering if though, as they were writing out the script, if they got confused and the she is referring to Anna Lee, but I don't know. I, I, I suppose it could be. Anyways, uh, at least not to my enhanced senses. These three match Katie. They're family. Annalie says, yeah, of course. They're my family. So give me my kid back. Katie, come to your mother. And she says, shut up. You're not my mother. She powered up by disintegrating some sewer water. So she's got some power balls. Uh, but she didn't mean to fire them. She just got kind of upset. Um, so she accidentally shoots at Annalie and the other kids and they all dodge. And that's when the power, the rest of Power Pack attacks uh, Katie and the X-Men. Attack our mom, will you? Get them! A ton of Morlocks also show up. Uh, Julie flies in. I got you, Katie. I'll take you to our mom. Katie's like, no. Hush up, baby. Big sister knows best. Wolverine's fighting off some Morlocks. He doesn't have his claws extended, but he accidentally grabs Alex Power. He's like, oh, damn. I can't hurt him. He's one of the Power Kids. Thought he was a Morlock. So this is the only thing that's sort of reminiscent of the cover of this issue. Yeah. In that Wolverine's grabbed a Power Kid. But either way, Alex is like, you shouldn't have hesitated. And he uses his powers to push him backwards into a huge pile of Morlocks to start beating on him. Rogue thinks to herself, whoa, he's unbreakable bones and fast healing talent. Ought to keep him from getting too bad they hurt. But young fella, you better pray you ain't made him mad. (laughs) Otherwise, life around here could get downright unhealthy. Yeah, Rogue, he's not going to hurt the power kid. (laughs) (laughs) You're all here to save the power kid. She, um, well... He's going to start killing off Morlocks, I guess, is what she's afraid of. No. Uh, She feels like she's getting a little claustrophobic, so she blows a hole in the wall and and, um, tries to get through it so that she has more room to maneuver. 
and a hand reaches and grabs her by the face, which of course freaks her out. And it turns out that it is Leech, who normally neutralizes somebody's power. And somehow uh, their power, neither of their powers act the way they should. Um, For the most part, they cancel each other out. Leech as usual is... Leech, as is usual with Rogue's victim, is shocked unconscious, but instead of absorbing the little creature's powers, Rogue loses all of her own. Which I think is a really cool concept. Rogue steals all the powers, and Leech neutralizes all powers. What happens when you put them together? And apparently, this is what happens. I guess it's more creative than what I thought would have happened, which would be nothing. <laughs> uh, you, you, well, that's a good point, right? Because when, when Leech, when you're in proximity of Leech, uh, you have no power. So, yeah, really, when Leech approached rogue nothing should have happened right which but but this is different it's it's interesting um it moves the story in a different direction i like it uh so now she got no powers and there's these big old morlocks i think ape is there some some barbarian guy with an arrow mohawk is also there and it's avatar haven't you seen avatar <laughs> it's fat barbarian avatar it's ang <laughs> Uh, and and uh, they're all like, oh, nice. You got rid of the little guy. Now we can finish the job. And you. Ape has a hat on that says either Team Bonsai or Team Bonza. Yeah, I don't know what it says. At th- first, I thought it said Team Bacon, <laughs> which would have been funny. Rogue's like, but he's one of your own. And they're like, no, he's just a pain in the ass. Nobody's going to yeah, miss him. Nobody likes Leech. Poor Leech. Where's his cat? Uh, you know, cross. He kept his cat out of the battle. Oh, a smart kid. Yeah, cat's away somewhere. So Rogue has got no powers, but she's got the training. So she springs into action using her nin- ninja and fighting skills that she's learned in the danger room. She's uh, holding her own. All I gotta do is keep breathing till this weird effect wears off. Then I'll really make the pr- pr- proverbial fur fly. Suppose it don't though. What the heck do I do then? Uh, yep. And so Kitty and, uh, Wolverine are fighting and Kitty says, no, since she's the boss, she says, no claws, Wolverine, Morlocks and X-Men are friends. Tell them that. Kitty phases Wolverine through a wall so that they can escape these Morlocks, but they escape into, uh, a larger part of the alley where there's just a crap ton of Morlocks just all hanging around. Wolverine says the girls are also in that crowd. And, uh, so Wolverine basically says, well... I, I got to kill. <laughs> yeah. I, I Which doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't feel like th- that's the only option left, but that's how they're presenting it. Let's go find Callisto. <laughs> it's not brought up here. So I like this sequence and I don't like this sequence because it really kind of shows Kitty. Kitty's like, I don't want you to do this, but I see that you have to do it. So just do it. She's making a decision as a boss should, uh, but then Wolverine's expression, rather than being of like kind of like some remorse, he's got a big old smile on his face as he draws his claws. Yeah, none of this is necessary because Kitty should just phase Wolverine through another wall. Or through all of the Morlocks to find Callisto. Exactly. Like just be perma-phased. Leech is taken care of, so you don't have to worry about that. I guess they don't, probably don't know that, but anyhow. You want to know what my favorite bit of this is? What's that? Wolverine says, better scoot after the kids. <laughs> he does. <laughs> scoot. Is a thing. Scoot. It's not going away anytime soon. Scoot is back. Kitty gives him a little kiss on the cheek uh, and tells him that she hates this option, but she knows it needs to happen, which is, again, you're right. It's totally unnecessary. But we cut away. We don't actually ever find out what Wolverine did with those uh, 
alley full of mutants. I'm guessing that as soon as he walked towards the uh, the whole gaggle, Calisto was like, hey, Wolverine, what you doing here? Still trustworthy. Wait, who's doing what? Uh, but we cut away, and um, somebody's crying. I think it's Katie. Katie's crying because uh, they're going to take her over to Beautiful Dreamer so that Beautiful Dreamer can rearrange all these bad thoughts and false memories and, and make you Annalise's child, and, and they can all be a family again. And Mask is also there, presumably, to finish the job that she started. She's just as ugly, quote unquote, as the other uh, kids. So I don't know that his participation in this is totally necessary. But Maybe she's just hanging out. <laughs> could be. So we're going with the whole she thing, the mask is a she? You know? I'm, I'm going to go with a she thing. But, you know, you you keep going with the he thing because I know what you're talking about. No, I, 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 she's, she can be a she. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's when Katie grows uh, about 10 years in age and... Starts giving Annalie a huge lecture. She's like, I don't, you're wicked and mean and evil. You're a witch. I hate you. Don't say these things. Let us go. Put us back. Annalie, or uh, Kitty pipes in and uh, she really lays it on thick. Yo, Annalie, tell me, do you think this is what your ch- real children sounded like before they was murdered? I wonder, did they plead, beg? Pray. That's uh, Kitty's boss voice. Yeah. What the killer? What the killer did out of hate? You claim to do for love, but I'm not gonna keep going. <laughs> but the end result's the same: the destruction of innocent lives. Is that what you want to be just like him? I guess they know. No, says Annalie. No. Mask is like, well, pfft, ain't nobody dying here, ex girly, except maybe you. I'm finishing what I started because I really like screwing up faces. And that's when trustworthy Callisto shows up. Mask! Callisto! I hope for your sake you have a real good explanation for this. No. So, yeah, skip all of the explanation. Go to later on. Uh, the kids' faces have been fixed. Beautiful Dreamer is restoring their memories. And uh, Callisto is, I want everything restored. I want everything put back. Ape, move everything back. I want uh, everything the way it was. Like This never happened. Um, furthermore, since I didn't make myself clear last time, I'll say as plain as can be, these children are to be left alone. They're off limits. So Again, referring to that scene in Power Pack 12 that didn't happen. Right. So, so maybe Kurt sent the le- maybe he sent an email to africa <laughs> in 1985 maybe he bamfed over and bamfed oh, back here's oh aurora i have a letter for you yeah so anyways you're right and then uh Callisto says look old lady i'm sad about your kids we're all an insult to one is an insult to all we'll bring them to justice but if you disobey our law once again you and I will be in the ring fighting to the death. And Annalise says, let's just get it over with now. I don't I don't want to live. I want to be at peace with my babies. And Katie steps in and says, don't do that. She has a big change of heart. She's like, look, I sad what happened. Uh, we got two grandfathers. We could have two grandmas. You could be, uh, we could come visit you from time to time. No matter how hard Beautiful Dreamer tries to make our parents forget, they will remember in their dreams. They'll hurt deep down inside without knowing why. And all the happiness will go out of their lives. Would your little girl want that? Would she want her mommy to be so cruel in her name? But we can still be friends. I mean, like you said, we have a special grandfather who says we can't have a special grandmother. 
the other power jack is like what it's crazy julie's like oh that's sweet alex like i agree well alex like are you kidding you can't Ugh. are we gonna come down to the sewers <laughs> talk about visiting for thanksgiving well, yeah we could visit for thanksgiving which uh to coin a phrase, all's well that ends well, though I confess these kids are a whole lot more generous than I... Ray, you look funny. What's the matter, says Kitty. It's a psychic alert from the mansion. Something's terribly wrong. A potential world-class catastrophe. We're needed immediately. But Kitty, it isn't Professor Xavier calling us. We're being summoned home by Magneto. To be continued in Secret Wars number or Secret Wars two number one and X Men number one ninety six. So if the if Power Pack brings the Morlocks over for Thanksgiving, I guess they would have to come to the Morlock. How would they get away for Thanksgiving? <laughs> Mom, Dad, we're gonna take a walk <laughs> for a couple hours, and we're gonna come back and smell really bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just just be back for pie. Yeah. So there you go. Good stuff. I like that issue. It was a good one. And uh, honestly, again, you know, you, you just, in my opinion, you don't need Power Pack 11 uh, or 12 in the mix there. And I just I kind of see it as a redundant story when they're when they're back to back, like like we just. I don't think them. it's a redundant story. I think it just makes the story longer. But and like I, I I see what you mean as far as the Juggernaut story where there was that was essentially the same story twice, even though there were different elements to it, essentially kind of the same thing. This it just feels like it's a longer version of the same story, not the same story told twice. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, we uh, we got a note on our Facebook. We sure did. From Juan Davila. 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 Ah, Juan Davila. I like that better. Welcome to Bad Pronunciation of Your Name. That's our favorite segment. <laughs> Adam, he listens to the podcast. He's well aware that we are incapable of pronouncing things that are different. <laughs> <laughs> Started listening to this about a month ago. You guys have made my drive to and from work enjoyable. So thanks for that. I was seriously impressed with how long you have been doing this. I'm impressed too, Adam. Yeah, sometimes I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, for And uh, I am listening from the first episode just finished your episode number 50. If you are still reading Facebook comments on the air, looks like we are. I, I look so. forward to hearing this when I get to it. God knows when. Well, greetings from the future to the no, wait. past. We always say greetings from the future, but when he gets here, it's going to be our past. But his present. And, and his and, present. And our current episode will be in the future. So... So we won't – so really, greetings what, – what is it? It's Juan. Greetings from the past. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Uh, but your future. Greetings from our past – wait. Greetings from our present, the show's past, and your future. Well, no. It's his present. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Greetings from the shows and your present, but our past. How about just greetings? And, and where you are now, your future. But, well, no. I mean, where you are now when we're when we're talking, your future. Juan, oh. I hope you've made something with your life in between the time you wrote this letter and the time you're hearing this. You're at episode 50, so you've got about 150 to go. No time at all. Just a couple of car drives, a couple of commutes. You'll be fine. Some traffic. No problem. As always, thank you for listening. We uh, we always appreciate the fact that people actually listen to this. 
Yeah. Here, here we thought we were just doing the show for, uh, for an empty podcast or an empty uh, iPad out there. <laughs> an empty iPad. There's one iPad out there. No one <laughs> listens to it. Just It's just still downloading. Somebody forgot to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to join in uh, the fun and uh, have your comment read on the podcast, as we do, uh, just uh, drop us a note. We're at DangerRoom at RedCapProductions.com, Facebook.com forward slash DangerRoomPodcast. Tweet us. Tweet at us at Danger Room Go. Go out to iTunes, subscribe to us, look for uh, Danger Room in the podcast section. We're the only ones that pop up. Leave us some feedback, some stars, subscribe, what have you. Uh, or you can visit our primary website, www.xmenpodcast.com, where we have all of the shows. You can download them from there, get all of the links, and leave comments and all that sort of stuff. And we're also available via phone at 501-GET-X-MEN, which is 501-438-9636. Shazam. Shazam. Tune in next week for, or, or next episode for uh, the supplemental uh, segment of this, which includes Secret Wars 2 and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Secret Wars 2 number one. We're not doing the whole thing. Oh, man. I think that would be like a, that would take forever. Um and then, and then two episodes from now, we'll be back with X-Men 196 because we're trying something new. Let us, let us know what you think about this whole supplemental thing. I may have said that in the previous episode. I'm going to continue saying it until we get some feedback. Yeah. Or, or not. A, we're entering that phase of the Marvel Universe where there's a lot of, a lot of junk. Yeah, but then after Secret Wars, we're going to be out of that phase. And then we'll probably get back into it again. I don't know. So there you go. Uh, until next time. And trust me, just because the uncanny is not going to be in the next uh, episode doesn't mean you don't want to listen to the next episode. Cause we, got, we got some stuff to talk about. Oh, man. We got we got Iceman to talk about. We got oh, man. Secret Wars to talk about. We got New Mutants to oh, talk man. about. Lots of stuff. And, and it all ties together. Like if you miss this and then you listen to X-Men number 196, you'd be like, what is going on? So if you have been like, I hate Dazzler, then... You need to tune into the next episode because, like, this is probably the best issue of Dazzler ever. It's a turning point that'll be very short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the Danger Room is closed. <laughs>